every runner has some sort of a backstory. I'm going to be your host, Amanda Loudon. We're going to talk to different guests in the coming weeks and months uh, that you're going to find interesting, entertaining, uh, and you'll probably even learn a little bit from it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Running Story. I'm your host, Amanda Loudon, and this week we're going to be speaking with Jason Kaplan. Jason is a local runner that I met along the way on one of our uh, Saturday group long runs, and uh, he's got some interesting things going on. He's kind of a tech guru and um, found a way to marry his love of running with his technology background. The result is a product called Milestone Pod, uh, a neat little gadget that you attach to your shoe that can give you all kinds of great information and feedback that can help you become a healthier, happier runner. So without further ado, I want to welcome Jason to the show and uh, get started chatting about his background as a runner and um, his adventure in entrepreneurship. And one last note before we go any further with that, um, if you have any ideas and any feedback or anything you'd like to share with us here at Running Story, you can reach me at email at mississippi1 at gmail.com. And um, as always, we would love to have some reviews on iTunes. We'd love to have you hit subscribe and um, share the news about this, the podcast with your friends. All right, let's get started talking with Jason. So today we've got Jason Kaplan, as I um, told you about in the intro, and so welcome Jason from Milestone Pod. Happy to have you here. Uh, thank you very much, Amanda. It's great to be here. Excellent. Um, so as I said in the introduction, you're a local runner here and you're also an entrepreneur, and um, I think you've got some neat things going on, so um, I'm excited to kind of talk about how that all came about for you. And um, one of the things we do here every week on Running Story is begin by giving the runner we're talking to, giving their background story. So with that, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and let you kind of fill our listeners in on how you came to running, um, what your history of running has been. So Sure. So uh, first, thanks for having us on the show. We really appreciate it. so I am a longtime Howard County resident. I grew up in the area. I've been living here since I was really two or three years old and watched Columbia grow nice. quite a lot. Um, I've always been an athlete, played a lot of soccer and basketball and golf growing up, and I uh, can't say that I loved running too much because it was <laughs> often punishment for yeah. not, not yeah. practicing hard enough or whatever. My son can relate um, to that. <laughs> of course. Um, I really got into running when I was probably 26 or 27, and I had had some back issues, and uh um, was playing soccer as an adult and I really couldn't play anymore. I just mm. decided it just wasn't worth it because I, yeah. I came off the field hurting every time. And so I started to run and actually, um, surprising to many, that seemed to help my back issues. And so I've never, there's never been a conflict for me there. Interesting. So, uh, you know, trained, ran some, ran a bunch of 10 mile runs of run Clydes for 20 years. Yeah. And, um, and I always was challenged when my father turned 40, he ran a marathon. And no matter what I did as an athlete, he said, until you run a marathon at 40, you know, don't, don't brag or don't say anything. And so uh, as I approached 40, I decided I better run a marathon. So I signed up for New York for the lottery. I got in. Oh, wow. and, uh, and that's when I really started picking up my training significantly. And so, um, you know, joined the Howard County Striders, started mm-hmm. running on Saturday mornings. And, um, and I ran my first marathon 
actually three weeks before the New York City Marathon, I ran the Baltimore. Oh, wow. And then I ran New York City three weeks later, and I've since run six marathons and uh, haven't run one in a few years, but um, just really enjoy it and couldn't imagine not being able to run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I, I know. we met because you are a regular Striders runner out I there. I it was a regular. Was a regular. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. I, and I remember, I think the first time I, I, I met you, remember that we, we were on a path and we met, there was a, a woman who'd kind of, an older woman who'd kind of wandered off course or That's fallen right. down. Yeah. So, um, That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that the funny things that happen on runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think at that point you were um, into, into marathons and... Um, so you and you've run six, you said, um, did, and you're not running them so much anymore. Is that more a matter of time, or what's kind of you know where where are you with that? It's uh, it's mostly a matter of time, and sure. um, although I don't believe in that excuse, I think there's no such thing as a shortage of time. It's just about priorities, and right. so um, so I have reprioritized some other right. things over uh, over training for marathon. I also, when I turned forty, I. Um, went for a physical and uh, I have a, uh, a leaky valve and I've got a few other issues That's with right. my heart that have come up and right. um, my cardiologist recommended against running another marathon. I think uh, I will probably uh, ignore his advice and train for <laughs> at least one more at some point. But I, the truth is I don't, I don't, I don't feel compelled to just run another marathon. I'd like yeah. to, what I'd really like to do is commit six months to being able to really train, change the way I eat, uh, cross train and, and really try to, you know, run a faster one. My, my best is 348, which I'm happy with, but yeah, I like to be faster. And, um, so I'm sort of also making the excuse to myself that when I have the time to really commit to training for one, I will. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, so these days, about how many days a week do you get out? I run, I try to get out at least four days a week and I'll do anywhere from, if I just don't feel like I have the time, I'll do only three or four miles and I'll do up to seven or eight. I'd like to get, I was in the habit for a long time, even though I hadn't run a marathon, I was in the habit of still going to the Saturday morning runs and doing mm-hmm. at least, doing at least one 10 mile run a week. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to get back in that routine and, um, and at least maintain that, you know, once a week, 10 miler and the other times I run is usually five or six miles. Okay. Okay. Um, and I know you're a dad too. Do any of your kids run? Uh, they do not. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, um, and, and you, we're going to get into um, what you do, um, you know, as a, um, for a profession these days, which is going to be, you know, a lot of the meat of this podcast. Um, but as a professional, um, you come from a technology background. Um, have you ever, have you always, um, or had you even thought of being an entrepreneur prior to coming to Milestone Pod? I, um, so I always thought of owning my own company. It's hard to, uh, I mean, I've, I've just always thought of all kinds of different ideas for businesses to start. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I never did until now. The, um, I've got about, before this company, I have about 15 years in technology and I've always started, I've always been with early stage companies though. So I've, okay. even though I haven't started companies, I've been very entrepreneurial and I've joined companies when I was employee four or up to employee 50. I've okay. almost never worked for a big company. Okay. Um, and I, and actually I, I should say that, um, I've always traveled a lot, and for me, running has been an important part of it, my professional career too. Because you know, I've traveled internationally a fair amount. I've traveled around the country a lot, and you know, to just throw your shoes in a bag and not have to worry too much about carrying any gear uh, it makes it really, really easy. And then, yeah. 
more importantly, it's an unbelievable way to see the city, you know, and keep yourself kind of keep yourself on a routine. So, I mean, I've had amazing runs through Paris and uh, Tokyo and Madrid and, you know, just because I'm there on business and I sneak in a five mile run. Next thing you know, you run for 45 minutes or an hour, a little more. You see the city like there's no way you could without that. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to do for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had the opportunity to network on a run or, you know, hang out, hang out with anyone that you're doing business with? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't done a whole lot of business, like when I traveling wise, if, if, right. if in the context of travel, but, right. but even just meeting you and, you know, right. other people locally. Yeah. So, I mean, another thing that's great about running is, I mean, when else do you get, especially if you're training for a marathon and you're going out and you're doing, right. you know, hour, two hour, three hour runs, there's, there's literally like no other time in the week when you ever sit down and have a conversation without a phone, without a TV, without a whatever yeah. and can talk to somebody for two hours. Yeah. And so, um, so running has, there's been times I've met people that, have become friends or colleagues in business and and I've run with some friends where it's you know it's deep therapy for right what right absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. absolutely yes yes it has many purposes mm-hmm. um very cool so um let's talk a little bit about then um you know how milestone pot all came about you know when was the seed planted and um how did you start turning this idea into a business? Sure. And, uh, and the company... And, and so, describe... I'm sorry. And let's describe what Milestone Pot is before we even go any further. Give sure. So, and, and the company's called Milestone Sports. Okay. And we have a product called the Milestone Pod. And, okay. um, and what the company is, is the company really has kind of two sides to it. Really, it's... it's um, and the second side is not so obvious. But one of my, one of my co-founders it, uh, was a retailer. So, he owned stores like Charm City or Feet First... Um, and actually, he owned him in Israel. Okay. And um, for years and years, he always experienced a couple of issues that bothered him. One is people would say, you know, how do I know when to replace my shoe? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always, oh, at 300 to 500 miles. And for a lot of us, we don't do a real good job of tracking that. <laughs> right. So he thought there ought to be an easy way to answer that question and help people, you know, resolve it for themselves. Yes. Um, but the second thing is, you know, it's a very competitive industry. And so... Uh, Somebody comes into your store, particularly a smaller independent, you know, run shop, um, and you spend thirty or forty-five minutes fitting them for the shoe, and they walk out the door. The reality is, is there's you know less than a fifty percent chance that they're going to come back to you for the next purchase of a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so easy to go online or shop somewhere else. Absolutely. And, um, and so the whole notion of loyalty is a very challenging one for retailers in any business, but you know specifically in running and other other fitness products. And so. Um, we started thinking about these two things and we said, well, it'd be kind of cool if we could solve a problem for runners and a problem for retailers at the same time and help, help everybody. So what we've ended up with is a, we've built a platform. So, so, so what the company is a platform that includes, uh, it's really for retailers as a way to drive loyalty and repeat purchases. Um, and part of that platform is a product called milestone pod for runners and walkers. And so, because mostly the people I'm listening are runners and walkers, we'll focus right. on that. Right. But, uh, but so what that does for runner and walkers, number one is it's just super easy to use. You lace it onto your shoe, you connect it over Bluetooth to your phone or your uh, tablet, but then you don't have to carry them when you run. So most, you know, I think the number yeah. I saw most recently was 50% of runners carry phones, but that means a lot of us don't. I never did. Never. Um, yeah, and either. I don't want to. And so, right. uh, so you can leave the phone at home. You just go. You yeah. don't have to push a button. You don't do anything but just run. Um, so number one, it's very, very easy to use. Number two is it's low cost. So we retail it for $25. 
um, which makes it uh, significantly below the cost of just about every other meaningful running technology. Absolutely. Um, and number three is it provides data that I, I really I don't believe that you could get anywhere else today, this combination. And so we give you the basics like pace and distance and steps and calories, but we give you some information that we think is really maybe matters more like um, what's your rate of impact? So how hard is your foot striking the ground? Because mm. that matters. That's correlated to injury. What's your foot strike? So do you land on your heel or your midfoot or your toe? And that speaks a lot to am I in the right shoe? Right. Um, and, and it's really amazing when you start tracking how you run in different pairs of shoes. There's some shoes that I run in where I can't not heel strike. I'm always Absolutely. heel strike. And yep. then I have other shoes that I run in where I'm uh, a good mix between mid and uh, and, and heel striking. Mm-hmm. I can never seem to get 100% midfoot. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so the shoe really matters. So we give you rate of impact. We give you foot strike, stride length, cadence, uh, leg swing, which is kind of how high your foot comes towards your rear end. So a lot of information that really can help runners at all levels. So that so the short answer to your question, I'm sorry, is what does the product do? It's a it's a cool, easy to use, low cost device for runners that gives them data that's different than their GPS watch or their Map My Run app or whatever else they may be using. Right. And I, and I can tell you, you know, I, I can attest to the fact that it is small, easy to use. Um, and, and, you know, I think for someone, I'm an old school runner and, and I don't, um, you know, like you were saying, I don't carry my phone. I'm not going to, you know, there's a lot of things I'm not willing to do these days or even, you know, used to be because these things weren't available because I came to it with very low technology, um, you know, in my background. I, but this is something that I think, you know, is fits that finds that happy medium that gives you the, the data that you need without giving you you know a lot of the things you don't need or want and I think one of the things that I also like about it is that it does have information that's going to help you to stay injury free and it's something that I think most of us should be focusing on and um, you can talk a little bit more more about that and, and talk a little bit about you know the example you gave me of um, this older gentleman who's been at it forever sure, and uh, how it's helping him. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, Amanda, because, um, when I, before the company, you know, I had GPS watch and my, the extent of my tracking myself was I would go for a run with my GPS watch. I'd come back. I'd look to see how far and how fast when I ran, particularly my first marathon, I had a spreadsheet with every run and I knew kind of what my plan was. And, um, and I tracked it very carefully. Um, after that, I kind of stopped. So basically I just wanted to know what my pace and distance was. And I think that, I mean, that makes sense, right? Right. But that's, if you, if you also think about it, that's kind of what people have been tracking since the guy ran a 40 K in, uh, Rome, you know, in in Greece, sorry, in Greece a thousand years ago. So, um, I mean, obviously GPS has made it better and more fun, but, um, so we, we, we've, I've really changed my approach to running since this because, what we should care about most of us is that we can keep running yes. and that we can do it without much pain. And, and running isn't just left, right, left, right. You know, right. there's, there's, it's too easy to overstride. It's too easy to run with low cadence. It's too easy to just kind of slap your feet on the ground, but it's also not easy to make the change if you don't know what you're doing. And right. so that's why I'm making this information we thought was very interesting and useful for runners. And the example you talked about, we had a, uh, a, a local guy, race director. He's run 29 marathons. He had just uh, just turned 60 when we met him, and um, so I gave him one of our devices, and we went for a run together in uh, in Bethesda. And when we came back, he synced for the first time, and immediately his eyes went to cadence and stride length. And he said, "You know, I'm not setting any more PRs. What I really care about is to be able to run till I'm 80." 
And, um, and if I run with it, if I can keep my cadence high enough and my sh uh, stride short enough, I think I'll be able to do that. And so, you know, what he's really interested in is, is that, is cadence right. and stride length. And um, what we gave him was a way to get that information. Again, very low cost, super easy. Doesn't have to change his behavior. Just put on a shoe and go and just look at the data when he comes back. Um, it's also, it's, it's been interesting because there's been a few insights that we've gotten that, you know, once you start collecting the information and you start looking at it, you, you learn some really cool things. So yeah. I, um, I did, uh, I called it an old fat man interval session. <laughs> uh, so I, I live about a, a little over a mile from a high school. Yeah. And so I ran to the high school track and I did four, uh, in, four, four laps around the track, four, four hundreds basically, mm -hmm. except I run the outside lane instead of the inside lane. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, and so my, my pattern is I ran, you know, a, a lap hard, then a lap easy, then a lap hard. And so four intervals. And so I came back and I was looking at my data. And so we show rate of impact, you know, again, how hard your foot striking the ground over the course of a run. And what I noticed was that actually during my recovery phase, which you'd think would be easier on your body, my rate of impact was higher than when I was running harder. And so I called our biomechanics, he's you know, PhD guy, and I called him and I said, hey, Steve, does this make sense to you? And just coincidentally, he had run an interval session that day too. And I actually wrote a little blog post, I think I yeah. sent you about yeah. it. And he, uh, he looked at his and he had the exact same thing. And so it you know, just, it occurred to us, we don't have a lot of data on it yet that, you know, when you're running hard in an interval session, you're thinking hard about what you're doing and am I running with the right form and am I running mm -hmm. fast? And then all of a sudden you, you think you're supposed to relax in recovery mode, but at least in those two instances, what we were doing was actually relaxing too much mm -hmm. and, you know, just completely losing track of form or anything. And all of a sudden our rate of impact goes up and that's probably where we're doing the most damage yeah. um, to our knees and to our bodies. And so it's, uh, Things like that, that I think if we get enough data on and we can show that this is happening enough, it could fundamentally change the way people think when they do interval sessions. So it's, it's, very uh, it's really been very interesting and fun to start looking at the data and seeing what we can learn. Absolutely. Yeah, I, keep, I was thinking about it too after I read that, and I think um, it'd be something that could really come in handy for folks towards the end of a race when you're getting tired and you're getting sloppy and your form's just falling apart, you know. If, if you've had that feedback and you know that happens, it might help you to think a little bit more about it and, and keep steady till the end with your, with your form concentration. So um, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool stuff. Um, so um, have you personally, I mean, beyond, you know, the, the example we just talked about, have you personally, um, how have you transferred over some of the knowledge you've gained from your milestone pod to how you run? Sure. So one thing is actually I am running a little slower than I was before, and I okay. and I'm okay with that. I yeah. mean, there are some people who are trying to achieve new PRs or you know set their own personal records, and I I'm not in that mode right now. I'm really in a mode where I just want to try to enjoy my run. I mm -hmm. want to and and, um, and stay healthy, and so so I I think I could probably change that if I wanted to, but that's right. I'm okay with that. More what I've tried to do is just feel good when I run, and so. You know, there's things that I've learned along the way. One of them is this just recent revelation about the interval mm -hmm. session. Um, the other thing that I've learned is uh, when I want to run, if I do want to run faster right now, my cadence is not bad. I, you know, they say that you should try to run at 180 cadence. I, I just don't think I'm going to do that. Right. So if I can be at 170 or higher, I'm usually pretty happy with mm -hmm. that. And I can usually be at 170 or higher on my mm -hmm. cadence. If I want to run faster, for me, the difference is usually about stride length. But one of the things that I've learned is most people think about stride length if they want to lengthen their stride in terms of um, reaching forward with their right, legs. Right, right. And that's really the wrong approach, wrong approach, right? The yeah. right thing to do is to think about kind of kicking your leg back towards your rear end. Yeah. 
and, uh, and lengthening your stride that way, which means you're kind of pushing forward more. And so um, we now track leg swing and I can now focus, if I want to try to run faster, on, on lengthening my stride by pushing my foot back or kicking my leg back towards my rear a little bit more. And so I've definitely changed how I approach running in that way. So when I do want to run fast, I aim for that instead of thinking about any other, anything else. Um, that, that's been the primary thing. I mean, I've had some other interesting learnings, like I said, like right. um, how I, how my foot strikes on, diff, on different shoes has been quite interesting. I mean, again, I, I don't know if I should say any names or brands here, but there's there's a few shoes <laughs> there's a few shoes where I just can't get off my heel, and, yeah. and then there's been a few others where, you know, without thinking much about it, I'm midfoot striking fifty percent or more of the time, which you know, to me it's it's good to mix it up. Right, absolutely. Agree. So um, yeah. so yeah, there's been some there's been some really interesting, and and it's been great talking to users who are using the product too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we want people to share their stories with us about what they're learning from the data. And we've had a lot of people talk about the foot strike information has been illuminating, although challenging. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, and challenging because most people, many people don't actually know how they foot strike. Yeah, um, sure. Runner's World and others have done studies on this. And, and they say, at the last one that I saw said something like 90% of the people who think they heel strike do heel strike. Right. But 90% of the people who think they midfoot strike don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> really that's, interesting. And that's the challenge. <laughs> and so, so we've had a few people, you know, question our data and, you know, hey, I know I'm a heel striker. And then we've invited several of them in and they get on the treadmill and no, you're not. You're yeah, actually heel great. strike. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting timing too um, right now because the trend in shoe wear is to is getting bigger, you know, and um, cushier, and I'd just be interested to, I'm sure you haven't had a chance to really kind of capture that data, but it would be really interesting to know what kind of an impact that's having on the number of heel strikers versus, you know, midfoot strikers. I, I don't, uh, I don't know um, if that trend is quite as, uh, you know, if, if the curve is quite as steep as it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, there's obviously the massive move towards, you know, minimalist and right. five finger and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and then the pendulum kind of swung back yeah. and then it went the other way towards the maximalist and, and cushion. And it yeah. feels to me like just from talking to retailers and being in stores and watching people that maybe it started to swing back a little bit already from that. Um, I mean, we obviously read a lot about run technique and about um, sort of what's the right way to, to, to run and shoes. And I, I'm, I'm convinced that most it like the most important thing is simply comfort i'm convinced that pronation supination isn't as big a deal as they yeah, thought you absolutely. know cushion or not cushion is kind of a feel for you yeah um i do think that how you run in the you know how you run in the shoe the connection between your style and the shoe should, does matter a little bit in terms right of heel, heel striking and midfoot striking mm-hmm. um and then i think you got to make sure you run with proper form Right, right. When you talk about implementing some changes that you were talking about, the you know trying to you know get more out of your push off, um, how how long of a learning curve is that for you? It's uh, it's um, I mean the learning curve is short, right? I, as soon as I saw the data and I started to realize the the reason I saw the data, my um, our chief technology officer is. Uh, um, I'm about six one, and he's maybe five five or something, much okay. shorter than I am. But he's a much much better runner than I am. And we started looking at our at data, comparing to each other. Mm-hmm. And my stride length would be somewhere like you know thirty nine or forty inches, and his might be forty six. Wow. And um, and even when we're running the same pace, his stride length is much longer than mine. Interesting. Um, well, that makes sense because he's shorter. But uh, but I started really looking at my stride length, and so the the, the problem 
if it's a problem, the you know the the issue was clear that my stride length is very short, and um, and then actually what happened was I was messing around one time on a run. Um, thinking about how I was running too much and I was thinking about putting my foot forward and I actually hurt my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just one of the good news but also challenges about being in this business is I you know, I, I try a lot of different shoes because I want to see how our device works and I'm sure. also trying different things. And um, and it was through that you know s- small injury if, episode where I realized that that's just I just can't do that. And so I started thinking about pushing my leg back. The hard part is just remembering to do it on the whole run. Um, so I knew... What, what I had to do became clear pretty quick. The harder part was just remembering to do it. Um, but, and I really only try to focus on it if I, you know, if I want to run hard or if I'm doing some interval training or you know, if I want to move faster, that's what I think about. Most, most of the time, I don't think a lot about my leg swing. Okay, okay, interesting. So um, I know that you know, you, you've been at it for a few years and clearly this is not a stopping point for you. Where do you intend to go from here as a company? What are your plans? Um, so, you know, the, the, the company, as we, as I said, is, is, is really kind of about two things. It's about helping athletes and, and for the moment runners, we have, um, ideas for other sports that we intend to get into because we do Mm -hmm. think, you know, everything kind of starts with the foot, whether Mm -hmm. you're playing tennis or you're playing even golf or you're playing basketball. I mean, how you move and your foot position and proper weight transfer. I mean, it's just as an athlete, everything starts there. And so we think there's a lot of information that we can give people to help both from a health and performance perspective and across multiple sports. So nice. um, we expect to be into other sports soon. We have a couple of ideas around healthcare that we think are very, very interesting. Um, because again, if you really understand detail about people's gait, you can imagine how uh, you can impact their health. Um, and then this whole idea of driving loyalty, we, we really think that it's um, that, that you can sort of change marketing. You know, One of the challenges mm-hmm. that I have as a consumer is I get inundated with emails and the truth is I don't really open them anymore. I mean, I, and that's, it's sort of a shame for the company that's trying to market to me and I might miss some good opportunities, but it's just, there's too much conversation that's not relevant. Right. And, uh, and we really believe that if you can, um, provide information that if you, if you can give a platform to a retailer or to a brand so that they could help with coaching, that they could give advice that's relevant and meaningful in a one-to-one kind of way, and offer me shoes only when I need them, you know, right. <laughs> that I probably would be a lot more likely to be loyal and be their customer and open that email even and give them sure. a shot. And sure. so, um, so we think this, this, uh, loyalty platform is going to be big. Okay. So we're okay. very excited about it. Very cool. And I know you're already in some retailers. Um, I've seen you at Roadrunner Sports, mm-hmm. I know. Um, and you can talk about where else you are, because and obviously also online. But go ahead and give us that information. Yeah, thank you. So you can find uh, it's, it's milestonepod.com is our website, okay. milestonepod.com, and you can buy them there. You can buy them on Amazon. We are in a handful of retailers, and it's probably better for me not to name a bunch. Okay. But we're, um, we're in a handful of retailers around the you know the Maryland area. You name one, and mm-hmm. some others, um, and some nationally. And so, and we've got a number of really interesting opportunities, but it's a uh, you know, entrepreneurship is exciting and it's fun and uh, you have to wake up every morning thinking you're going to change the world. And it's also uh, not as sexy as it looks. It's, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of hard work. So we're, we're excited to see what the future brings, though. Very cool. And one last thing I wanted to touch on. Um, you mentioned your partners, you know, being in Israel. And how did you guys connect originally? Uh, that's a great question. So, um, so three of us co-founded the company together. Um, I, I was sort of, I'm the guy in the U.S. and I'm sort of mm-hmm. the... The business guy, um, or at least for here, um, one of my partners, as I said, owns a retail run shop, and the other is the tech guru. 
And the way we came together is um, uh, our chief technology officer, he actually lived in the U.S. Uh, for about four years. And okay. we worked together. He just coincidentally, we ended up at a small startup based in Columbia, Maryland, where we actually made virtual reality goggles, which was kind of cool, oh, cool, too. Yeah. And uh, we sold some very cool solutions into the military and large corporations. And uh, so he and I got to know each other really well. He um, he almost killed me running the Baltimore Marathon. <laughs> I uh I traveled internationally. I came back. I hadn't quite trained, and I was. I asked him to help get me to my personal record. I wanted to break 3:45, and we were right on at the halfway mark. But um, as I said, I didn't hydrate and train quite like I should have. And so, by, <laughs> by mile 15 or mile 16, I was begging him to let me stop, and he but he wouldn't let me stop. And by mile 20, somehow I recovered, and we ran the last six miles pretty fast. But um, <laughs> but he almost killed me along the way. But anyway, so so he he actually went back to Israel. Um, they were here on a diplomat visa. He went back, and, and, and the two of them started talking about different ideas. And uh, I'll mention one other thing about, about Mayer, who's our CTO, which is amazing, is for your listeners who know what the Microsoft uh, Xbox Connect is. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know that the, the technology inside of the Connect that senses your movement, mm-hmm. that Microsoft licensed that technology from a company in Israel called PrimeSense. And my co-founder was the uh, head of R&D at PrimeSense when they built that technology and did the deal with Microsoft. So he has a deep background in sensors and technology. And we actually have one other employee who built that technology also as part of our team now. And so, um, you know, we feel like we've got a very good technology team. The the other partner who has the retailer background really understands runners and, and actually he sold all sorts of triathlon gear. So he understands cyclists and swimmers in that market very, very well Mm. and what it's like to be a retailer. And, uh, you know, I bring something to the table, I guess, too. And so, <laughs> so the three of us came together and decided to just start. Okay. Okay. Sounds like you have all the bases covered. We think so. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's like I said, it's been a lot of fun. It's challenging. It's exciting. It's gr- what's great is to get to hear feedback and get to communicate with our customers. You know, our focus is the retailer as a customer, but to talk to consumers and get to hear, you know, how they're using the device, what it's changed for them has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jason, I certainly appreciate your time today. And uh, I know this is something, you know, readers are really, uh, readers, listeners, <laughs> changing my platforms here. Exactly. Um, you know, listeners, runners in general, I know are really into technology these days. And so anything new that can deliver results like this, I think, um, you know, has, has a definite attraction to them. So um, thanks for sharing your story with them. Well, man, it's been great. I really appreciate you including us. Thank All right. You. Great.